Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up podcast, coming to you once again, uh, for the first time in a long time, from the Mess It Up studios um, here in beautiful Ridgecrest, and we are here with uh, our newest show, uh, next week will be our last show of spring. It's almost officially summer, but it feels like it's summer. It's starting to get warm. This is show number 272. I'm going to be having a guest on in a little bit. Uh, my friend Kat is going to come in and talk to us about surrogacy. So that's super exciting. Uh, but we got some upfront stuff that I didn't want to bore her with. So, uh, we're doing this now. Um, our word of the week this week is efficacy. And efficacy, if you can use this in your sentences this week, give yourself 10 bonus points, but it's uh, being able to do what you're trying to do, to have, you know, a good effect, uh, the intended result of something. Um, if uh, a medicine has efficacy or or your uh, whatever you're doing has efficacy, that means that it worked. Uh, so um, hopefully my definition had efficacy and you know what the word efficacy means uh, for your... Uh, all of your, your, your word needing needs, I guess. Um, you know, by now, I'm sure that this show is 100% listener supported. And you might ask, well, what does that mean? What that means is that people just like you give to the show by texting the word mum to 760-WALLS-CA. That's 760-925-5722. And that's how we get all of our funding for the show to do stuff like hosting for the show, for the podcast, uh, the, the, the website, for um, our building, uh, the renovation on the building, all of this stuff, the Nehemiah Project, it's all funded by listeners just like you. So we really appreciate uh, people jumping in and becoming part of that by texting the word MUM to 760-WALLS-CA. And um, we really, you know, it, it sounds trite, but it would be so difficult to do this without you. It's so much peace of mind knowing that our listeners care enough that they say, you know what, that show uh, was was good enough. It was, was worth a cup of coffee a week. Uh, so, you know, they'll give us, you know, $25 a month or $50 a month or $100 a month, wherever your giving is comfortable. And that really is amazing. And do we have enough money right now? Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting by right now. We're able to do stuff. But with the plans that we have to to renovate our building and do more ministry in the prisons, we're always welcoming new uh, donors on board. And these are tax-deductible donations that you give, so um, everything you give to the ministry is tax-deductible. So we really appreciate all of you jumping in and doing that. So thank you, thank you, thank you to our supporters and listeners. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can email us at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. You can also text or call me at 760-608-1942, and that'll get you right to my phone, and I would love to have a conversation, chop it up with you. If you've got suggestions for the show um, or uh, just ideas, um, comments, love to hear all of that. The reason that Kat came on the show is because she approached me about it. She was listening to the show, and she thought, you know what, I'd love to tell my story. And that made it so we have today's show. So go for it. If you've got a story that needs to be told or that you would like to tell, we're here for you. Uh, so please give us a contact uh, either through the email or through um, our phone. So right now I'm going to uh, get on with our interview. This is Kat. 
um, and she's going to talk to us about uh, surrogacy. So thanks for listening. Here we go with my interview with Kat Marotti. All right, and welcome our guest, Kat. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. Uh, this is the funny thing. Um, we talked yesterday, and I didn't know your story that you're going to tell me. And <laughs> apparently, I'm the only person on the planet who doesn't. So we're going to share it with me via the podcast, but I'm guessing everyone in podcast world also knows your story. But Kat, you're here to talk to us about surrogacy. Yeah? Yes. Okay, so how did you get involved with surrogacy? Well, let's roll back even more. In case people don't know, tell us a little bit. What What is surrogacy? Okay. Surrogacy is um, when you basically carry a child for a family um, who cannot have children. Whether the mother cannot carry... Um, and you're talking about you know, carrying the pregnancy. Yes, carrying the pregnancy. And grabbing the baby nope. and burping it so that mom can go out and have a movie. Exactly, yeah. exactly. No, this is uh, medically reasons why someone cannot have a child. Um, and then a surrogate would come in, and there is um, actually three different types of surrogates. There is a traditional surrogate who actually will use her egg and the father's sperm um, to make a baby. And no, she does not have sex with the father. Um, cause that's what a lot of people think when they think of surrogacy. Yeah. They do it all, um, at IVF. Um, but then there's gestational, uh, surrogacy, which is where they take the, um, the intended parents's, uh, sperm and egg and make an embryo and they put those into the surrogate. Okay. Um, and actually, those are the only two. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought there was three. Okay. There's two. Okay. And then the third one is like Hagar and uh, Abraham. There where you go. Where you just uh, <laughs> have a baby with your wife's handmaiden. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. So you became involved with this how? Well, uh, many, many years ago, I had a very close friend of mine who was told she wouldn't be able to carry children. And this was before internet, actually, um, because I, my, I just felt like it was birthed into my heart mm -hmm. and I needed to do something to help my friend. And so I remember talking to my husband and saying, could I be a surrogate for my friend? And his, his response was, well, only if you move in with her, cause he knew how I was during <laughs> pregnancy. So, um, Anyway, that's where, to me, it was birthed into my heart. That's a huge commitment, it seems to me. I mean, I have never, ever contemplated wanting to be a woman because, to me, giving birth seems like the most horrible thing ever on the planet. And when I see ladies who are like, I am willing to go through uh, sickness and emotional roller coaster and all the stress it puts on my body and have a baby and all that and then not get to keep the finished product that just seems like no thank you what on earth possesses a person to want to do that well i knew i knew that i knew i want i had two children and i did not want any more but i had two very easy pregnancies um I had both of my children. Well, I had my first child in five and a half hours, and I had my second child in two hours. So I thought, oh, heck, I can be a surrogate. I can just go in and 
get pregnant and have a baby and give it to them and be on my merry way. That is not what happened, as you will find out. But, um, yeah, I, I had easy pregnancies, and I knew I didn't want any more. I never, I never had that go through my mind during my surrogacy. So was it your idea, hey, I could do this, or did your friend come to you, or was it, how did the, the idea that you would be their surrogate come into place? I actually was not her surrogate. She actually, um, in all honesty, there was a time we had church one night, and uh, I felt impressed to go pray for her, literally laid hands on her, um, and within a month, she got pregnant. Wow. She got pregnant. She wow. was able to have two children. Wow. I believe God healed her. Oh, we darn. It was crazy. That's so, awesome. but because that was in my mind, okay. then it was kind of put out for a few years. And then um, the internet came around and I thought, oh, I think I'll look this up. Wasn't into Google and all. I mean, like I said, it was so new. Mm -hmm. But I started looking up adoption agencies because I thought, I didn't know where to go. I yeah. just didn't know. And I would call a few adoption agencies. Well, they want nothing to do with a surrogate because that kind of takes them out. Right. So um, I think I finally thought to look up surrogacy, and I found uh, a company. And I went to a meeting down in L.A. Um, with other surrogates. Uh, some were pregnant. Some were not, you know, going just starting out. But when I was telling my story and what I was looking for in parents, they actually said they couldn't help me um, because I was what was called a no-tab surrogate. Uh, I would not reduce. I would not abort. Um, what does reduce mean? Reduce is if you got pregnant with more than one. Oh. Usually triplets or more. Okay. They will sometimes ask you to reduce to twins. Okay. Um, I would not do that. I would not abort. I wouldn't do any of that stuff. So and they you get had the to... multiples because of the, they're trying to make sure that things work so they implant multiple eggs or just... Sometimes it happens that they're triplets. Sometimes it happens. Okay. Uh, in my case, um, towards the, our last transfer, we did put in four embryos, but we had went through, um, this was our fourth transfer, and typically they start out with two. Nowadays, this was 19 years ago that I had my, my triplets, but 19 years ago, they would put in more than one. Now they're very more... Um, cautious and uh you know they'll put in one okay. and depending on the quality of the embryo they might put in two um with that being said i know a friend i have a friend who also was a surrogate they only put into one split and she still had triplets oh my heavens. she had identical <laughs> girls and a fraternal girl where we put in four but three took so i had two girls and a boy okay so um, we know about, you know, childbearing age and whatnot with the eggs and, and the sperm for the, the people. As a surrogate, what are the stipulations and, and requirements? Can you do it a little bit older because you're not producing the egg? Or is housing the embryo still, uh, are they looking for younger people? They, you, under 40, you do need to be under 40. You need to have had your own child with basically no complications, at okay. least one child with no complications. 
Um, and even if you've had, say you've had three pregnancies, but then you had complications, they'll look at all of those things, which is good. Um, uh, you cannot be on any type of assistance okay. um, because this cannot be like you're depending on this money because a lot this of people say, because you do get paid gotcha. for it. And people sometimes feel that that's all while we're in it. And we're not. You are not, You meet some surrogates and you'll find out real quick, they are not in it for the money. Yeah. Their hearts are to help a family. Yeah. You know? Um, I even, when I was, you know, told how much that I would get, I even asked if I had to take that money. Mm. And they said, yes, you do. And I was like, okay, but why? And they said, because, and then I understood. They said, because to these parents, there is no amount of money. Right. That, you know what I'm saying? That you are giving them a child, something they want so badly. They don't even, that's, that's just a little bit to say thank you. Yeah. You know, so it was like, okay, you don't want to take that away from them. Yeah. You know, but um, I always thought that a surrogate was somebody who um, I would do it for a friend or a family member. I didn't know there was agencies out there and that there was thousands of babies born every year through surrogacy. Wow. All over the world. Um, I do highly, highly recommend that you go through a very credible agency and not go on your own. Um, because, and again, I thought that, you know, I would do it for my friend and we would just do what we needed to do and, you know, take the shots and meds and all of that and be, and, you know, but there is so much more to find out that I was a no tab. So does your friend, would, would she want you to abort that baby if it had Down syndrome? Mm. Would she want you to reduce if you had triplets? Would she want you to eat this way or do this or do that? So the agency goes through all of these things with the surrogate and the parents separately. Um, the agency that I went through which I highly recommend. Um, and I was also given a psychological evaluation. They met with me and my husband, asked him a ton of questions. Uh, I go through all the medical backgrounds, all the testing for everything, all before you ever get matched with a couple, Yeah, which is smart. Um, and, th and they take that, that doesn't cost you anything. They, they take care of all of that. And then the parents, once they find a parent and stuff, then the parents will pay for that later through to the company. You so know? how did your surrogacy work? Tell us, tell us that story of, of your whole episode with being a surrogate from the beginning. So I um, was with the company uh, called CSP, which was the Center for Surrogate Parenting. They are now called... Um, creating families. Um, and I was matched actually fairly quickly with a couple in Mexico. Um, so this is international then? It is international. Oh, oh yes. Goodness. Oh, it's international. Um, people come from all over the world to CSP. And the donator parent comes to the surrogate. The surrogate doesn't go to them? Yep. Okay. Yeah, because it's also not legal in every state. And it's right? not legal in some countries. Really? Yes. Interesting. Um, so um, they 
they had one embryo um, because of their story and only one embryo to work with. So they came from Mexico and they came here to Ridgecrest and met me and my husband. And um, we went to um, down to L.A. in Santa Monica uh, is where I had the transfer. And it was done. It was funny. It was done in uh, in a room at the hospital. But afterwards, and every doctor and even people that have been through IVF will say, yeah, one doctor did it this way, one doctor does it another mm -hmm. way. And um, so they put the one embryo in, and then you go and bed rest um, for a few days. And then after 10 days, you go have a blood test, um, which is called a beta test. And it'll tell you whether or not you're pregnant. And if you have a number anywhere from 10 and above, you're pregnant. 10 is a very, very, very low number, but it does indicate pregnancy. And so if you have a 10 or above, then in two days, I'd have another beta. And it's supposed to double every other day or every day. Okay. And um, that's how they can see how far along you are, literally is by looking at this number at any given time. Okay. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get pregnant. So that couple... Ended up adopting, which was great, about nine months after our transfer. Okay. And the baby was nine months old. So that baby was born <laughs> about the time we were doing the transfer, oh. which was pretty cool. So move on to couple number two. Um, and also it doesn't have, a, they say it has nothing to do with me. I didn't do anything wrong. I look now at that embryo and go, oh, it was not a really good embryo. Yeah. So um, you learn a lot as yeah. you go. So my next couple had a baby through surrogacy and wanted another one. So um, they lived in New Jersey, and I was matched with them. And I don't remember how many embryos. I think we were, she was older, and her embryos weren't very good quality anyway. Um, so anyway, we did a transfer, and I did have a a positive, you know, I had like a 10 or a 12 and she was like, oh, it's not very good. It's not very high. And sure enough, it went down the next time. And so we did, and they didn't have the funds to be able to continue. They had to wait yeah. to recoup because it's, you know, it's just so much. Now, I don't even know what it is now to do all of this, but um, they ended up later having another surrogate and had twins. Oh. So they have three babies all through surrogacy, which is great. So then on to my next couple, um, they live in New York. And like I said, we, um, they're older than I was. I think mom may have already been close to 40 cause I think I was 30, 34 when I had them. Um, and you know, we did, uh, a total of four transfers and they and we did them all in um, Westlake Village, um, and then when we we did have one positive, and the doctor was like, "Well, eh, it's not that good," and my numbers were going up, but they were not doubling. Okay. So they wanted me to because you're on shots, so I'm taking shots every day, and they wanted me to stop, and I was like, "But I have a positive." I could not do that because to me, I was pregnant. I couldn't stop, you know. And so uh, parents and I agree that we were not going to, we were going to, I would continue doing this for them. So 
the numbers would go up again, just not double, sometimes not move at all. So I waited until I was able to do an ultrasound. And um, the ultrasound showed a sack, but not a baby. So there was just enough chromosomes to make that sack and make me appear to be pregnant, but there was no baby inside. Okay. So then I felt, okay, I can stop the medication. And so then we waited and we did another transfer and uh, found out actually on Thanksgiving um, that I was pregnant. And the number wasn't like extremely high, but it was high. So I was like, yes, this is a good one. And mom flew in um, for the ultrasound for that one. Cause then after you find out you're pregnant and you keep doing it at, I think it's about maybe 12 weeks or so, 10, 12 weeks, you'd go in for an ultrasound and, um, they would look and make sure the baby was there and everything was good. So they're in there and I'm in the, in this little office, you know, doctor's office. And it's, uh, the doctor, myself, mom, and my husband. And we're all looking at this little screen, you know, with the, and he puts the wand in and he's like, oh, and all I remember seeing is Mickey Mouse <laughs> because there was two ears and the face. Okay, there was, I, people who don't know Kat, <laughs> she sees Mickey Mouse everywhere. <laughs> I'm obsessed. But that was the first thing I saw was these three circles oh and gosh. it was Mickey's head. And I'm looking at it all confused, and mom is, and Rich is, and doctor's sitting there going, uh, and we're like, what, what? He's like, it's triplets. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know? And mom is ecstatic, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm just going, uh, <laughs> yeah. what happened here? Because I always said, and that was one of the questions they asked me in the interview, what would you do if you got pregnant with multiples? My great answer, God won't give me more than I can handle. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Right? So was there some trepidation? Because I feel like that's a lot of basketballs in the belly. It was crazy. Um, but the doctor immediately said, this is not good news. This isn't good. And he immediately mentioned reduction. Well, I thought that mama was going to put him through the door. Now, because is there thought on that that you're sapping resources and it's a questionable pregnancy and you want to make it as viable as possible. Is that what the scientific theory is? I think it? so. Um, because I said, it's not good on me and it's not good on the babies. There's just so much to, you know, and you know, just that could happen. And we were both like, uh, no. And luckily see, that's why those contracts are important. We were on the same page. Right. We already knew that wasn't going to happen. So, um, and then, you know, of, you know, but when he mentioned that, then my husband was like, what could happen? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. Things can happen. And, and I could end up on bed rest for the whole pregnancy for whatever reason, because you have to, if you're right. going to be, you know, having these babies. And um, so uh, we move on. Babies are doing great. You know, all the way through the pregnancy, babies are doing fine. Mom and dad came out about once a month. Um, I, I was at a doctor's office every two weeks. I had my doctor here in Ridgecrest, my monitoring doctor, and I had a doctor in Bakersfield who would deliver. So every two weeks I had an appointment. Um, and so they would fly into Bakersfield or L.A. and come for appointments. And um, everything was just great. 
um, the uh, church I was going to at the time uh, did a baby shower for them. Oh. And um, that was on a Saturday. And then dad, dad was the only one here for the baby shower. So dad's, dad's here for the baby shower. It was wonderful. And the next day, so he left. He's still in California, but he left on business trip. The next day I started having like, and I was 26 weeks pregnant. Okay, how many weeks did, because I'm still, I don't know how to do the math. Oh, you usually go to 40 person. weeks. 40 weeks. 40 okay. weeks, yeah. Um, so I'm 26 weeks pregnant. Um, I'm not very big, but I'm feeling a little bit of movement, you know, not much. Um, and I started having some Braxton Hicks. And I was like, hmm. And so they've always said that a pregnancy can turn at the, at the drop of a dime. So... I had a few more of those, and I decided, you know, I, I told my husband, I think I'm going to go in, and just to be sure, I'm going to go get checked. So I went down to the um, OB unit in, in Richcrest, and I told them I have triplets, and I'm having a little bit of contractions, I think. So they checked me, and I was dilated to two centimeters, which was not good. Yeah. She immediately called Air Flight. They're getting me out of here. She gave me the medicine to stop the contractions, uh, which were not very big at all, but still had to have that done. Now, when you typically, when you start dilating, you, you're going to stay yeah. that way, you know, but God, <laughs> but God. And so um, I called my husband and tell him what's going on. And I had another surrogate in Bakersfield. She was there when I got there. And, um, uh, um, so we, I'm like freaked out, but we prayed. I had a friend of mine come in. She prayed over me. Um, I got airlifted out. That was a crazy flight. Is that your first time on a helicopter? Uh, no, but the first time laying down on a helicopter. <laughs> That's gotta be weird. In a bed, yes. So, um... So yeah, flying over to Bakersfield, um, and and out of all the songs that I know, when I get afraid, the the one song that'll that'll come to my mind is Amazing Grace, mm. and I literally sang that all the way over to Bakersfield. Wow. Got there, doctor checks me. I am no longer dilated. Wow. That that's a God thing. Yeah. But God. Yeah. And. So dad got there the next day because, of course, you know, we told him. And ev they got everything stopped and everything was fine. I spent 25 days in the hospital. Mm. They were wonderful over there. I was, I mean, I had my own room with an extra bed if someone wanted to stay the night with me. Um, they were wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And so I stayed there because they said, well, you could go home or you could stay in a hotel, but you know, insurance paid for me to stay there. So why not stay there? Yeah. You know? Um, and so everything was fine, uh, up until 29 weeks. And then I started having a little bit of contractions again. Well, during this time, unbeknownst to me, mind you, HIPAA is way stronger, you know, stricter now. 
um, I had developed a liver disease called cholestasis of pregnancy. And the side effect, I guess you would say, could be a stillbirth oh. um, and or death to the mother. So um, they were treating me for it, but they didn't tell me about it. They didn't want to worry me. But my husband and the parents knew about it. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? And so... Um, I, you know, they were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and do a C-section tomorrow. Well, mom, on this day, um, I was very emotional and all of that. This was before I knew this. And I'm talking to mom and she's like, do you want me to come and see you? Remember, she's in New York. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm just a wreck. And she's like, I'm, I'm coming. So while she was up in the air, because she caught the last flight out of New York, we get the the news that we're going to deliver these babies tomorrow. And so dad finds out, but he's not able to come. And mom gets here and then we're like, we're delivering tomorrow. And she's like, okay, okay. You know? And so she's freaked out because her circumstance was she delivered a baby at 29 weeks, no, at 30 weeks. And he only lived to be seven days. And then she delivered her next baby at 30 weeks. And she's, she's fine. She's, you know, but they spent 12 weeks in the NICU. Yeah. And so she's only had NICU experiences, and one didn't turn out that well. Yeah. So she was on the defense, you know, yeah. and, and the, like, oh, my gosh, how's this going to be? So um, I had this really great nurse, and her name was Kat. Mm. And she made arrangements to come in and be with me for this delivery. Um, cause a triplet delivery is huge, yeah. you know? And so was the plan always to go C-section or that? Oh C-section no. In my head, this? I was going to deliver these babies okay. and they let me think that, but they knew that that's not going to happen. Okay. That's just not going to happen. And when you go into preterm labor like that, you can't because yeah. the trauma of going through the birth canal can kill them. Right. So, um, so I, um, Kat came in and, oh, her husband, yeah, his name is Rich. Good grief. Is that crazy? <laughs> yeah. So um, we're in the operating room, just her and I, and I'm fixing to get this epidural, which I've never had and I'm scared to death of. Um, so I remember looking at her straight in the eyes and going, will you pray for me? And she was scared to death. She was a young girl. And she looks at me and she says, I will. <laughs> and we prayed. And I'm telling you, God just filled that room with mm. peace. I had such peace. I did not even feel that epidural. It was amazing. It, the whole thing was amazing. Um, and my husband got to be in there, and mom got to be in there, and they let us take pictures. Oh, my gosh. In the operating room while these babies were coming out of me. I got some freaky looking pictures. Yeah. These babies look like We aliens. are not going to put those in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> so they they all then they also warned me. Now, you know, they can come out and need to be resuscitated or intubated and I'm like, no one's ever told me that. I didn't know that. Mm. Of course, mom probably knew that because she's experienced it, but I didn't. None of those babies had to be intubated or resuscitated. Wow. And all those babies weighed over two and a half pounds. Wow. And her babies only weighed like a pound when they were born. So you've got premature births, but multiple babies, and they're 
The size of one baby. Big, yeah. Yeah, they were the size of, you know, now they yeah. would have been way bigger, of course, if they had gone yeah. full term. But um, it was amazing. And then they ended up spending one day shy of eight weeks in the hospital where they should have spent 10, at wow. least 10 weeks in the hospital. They did phenomenal. Wow. So uh, you said coming over there that you were singing Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's going to be our song of the week. So we're going to give you guys about 90 seconds of Amazing Grace. Uh, we'll come back on the other side and we'll talk more about this. So right now, here's a little bit of Amazing Grace for you. There you go. If you don't know Amazing Grace, well, I don't know what to say. Uh, it's it's one of those songs that um, pretty much you know the chorus at least. And if you start singing in, um, um, try it right now wherever you are. Maybe you're in the gym. I like the fact that people were listening in the gym. Just start singing. Someone will join in with you on Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm. Why Amazing Grace for you, Kat? It it just brings me peace. I I just think it brings me peace, and that's where, you know, I. I also feel, um, I get nervous when I fly, mm-hmm. and out of all the worship songs that I know, being raised in church, and I know a million of them, that's the only one I can ever, that comes to my mind, <laughs> that I can remember. Yeah. So I just sing that when I'm in the air, when I'm nervous, you know, um, when I'm scared, I just sing Amazing Grace. So yeah. it just ministers to me. I love that that song, I just love it. Yeah, it's. Um, do you know the history of the song? I I don't think so. So um, there, there's a, a verse, the, the final verse. It was written by a slave trader hmm. who uh, came to um, the realization he was trading human beings and had great remorse, and so it was written out of that healing from getting over him being a slave trader. Um, but it just, yeah, the song, it, when, when you listen, it's so easy with songs that we grow up with that you're just, you, you know, you're born and you've heard Amazing Grace your whole life mm-hmm. or How Great Thou Art or, yep. you know, wh- whatever it is. And it can be easy for it to become white noise. But if you sit and read the lyrics and listen mm-hmm. to the song and what's being said, it's amazing. Yep. And that grace, when you talked about peace and God filling that room, mm-hmm. That's when people ask me how I know that God exists. I have lived the peace that passes understanding that I can't explain. I've lived that. And I can't explain it to you because it goes beyond that. Absolutely. 
but I know it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know that I know that I know that I know because there's nothing else that could do that. Mm-hmm. The world can't do that. It doesn't last. Mm-hmm. But God God can. Yep. So you deliver these babies. Mm-hmm. They spend time in the NICU. Then what? I mean, did they... Are what? What's? Tell us what's happening. Give us the update. Well, so then they... Um, then they went home. And they actually... Mom and Dad... You know, they got three of them. How do you handle three uh, of them on an airplane? Because that's the way they took them home, was on an airplane. They actually um, hired one of the nurses that was at the hospital in the NICU with these babies. She was going to New York to see family. Perfect. So she took care of one of them. Why they all three flew back. Um... I, I even did a whole album. Uh, they would send me pictures, quite a few pictures, all throughout that first year. I got pictures, and then all I I made myself a scrapbook album of the whole first year, of mm. even all the cards that we exchanged through the year, and all the pictures I received, and all of that. Um, they are now just turned nineteen years old. They graduated last year, and they are all three in universities. They're doing remarkable. Um, I am a people person, so I have a little bit of a hard time not hearing very much from them. Um, I only, for me, I sent them birthday and Christmas for the last 18 years. And for their birthday this year, being 19, I didn't know what to do. Do I stop? I don't know what to do. They're not at home. I mean, they're now adults. And so I decided to go ahead and still do the, I did a gift card. And I sent it to mom and dad in a birthday card and just wished them a happy birthday and kind of praised them for raising these children and how great they are, you know, um, and amazing they are. And treat yourself to dinner oh. is what I decided to do. So I just don't know how to, I don't want it to end. I don't right. want, uh, I haven't spoken to them in Probably at least 18 years. Mm. You know, I get a Christmas card and a picture, and that's the only contact that that I have with them. So that's really hard for me. That's not how all of it is. Um, And again, they'll say on your interview and on your paperwork, how much contact do you want with the parents? And also how much contact do you want with the surrogate? And... um, you have to be okay with that. And if you're not, when you're, if you go through this process, make sure you don't put down anything you don't want to do. Yeah. You have to be specific. Yeah. And that way it'll be a great experience for you and for them, you know, and it was a great experience for me. And I didn't learn that I had that um, liver disease until about, I don't know, maybe two years later. I'd, I know that sounds weird, but because I didn't... Oh, the cure for that disease as well was birth. Oh. So as soon as I gave birth and they did all of our liver... We were all fine. Oh, wow. So it was kind of like never spoke of again. Wow. Well, then I wanted to be a surrogate again. I thought, oh, I think I might want to do this again. I lo- I had a great experience. And um, even though I went through the C-section in the early... I wanted, to, I wanted to try to have just one baby that I could really enjoy all the way through. Yeah. Um, but they said, oh... You, you had this liver disease. You can't do this again. And I'm like, huh? Because they had me send my medical records. This was a different company I tried to go with because the company I was with said that I really couldn't do it. So I thought, well, I don't know why. I'll go with another company. And the company um, saw my medical records and went, uh, no, goodbye. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> you know? So then I began to look at it and went, oh, I didn't realize it was that serious. And you could get it again. Yeah. Even though I think it's more common in multiples. Well, you only put one embryo in or whatever, yeah. you know? So, so yeah, they're doing well. So um, how is it giving them up after you've carried this thing? Is it, is it, difficult or strange or not for me it was not for me some some uh moms surrogates um will deal with postpartum uh-huh. they do look at that as well um because that is so can be so damaging to a yeah. woman um but i i i again like i said i knew from the beginning that I didn't want any more children. Yeah. And when they asked me, well, how can we be assured? Cause they, again, in my interview, how can we be assured that you will give these children and be okay with giving these children to the parents? And I said, well, how can I be sure that they will take them? Yeah. Cause yeah. that's how strong I was about yeah. that. I only wanted to help a family did not want any more children. So the biggest hurt for me, the biggest emotion for me was leaving mom and dad mm. because we had developed a relationship within that year. Yeah, right. You know, and that was the hardest part for me. Yes, the children were great and they're beautiful, but I had a relationship with mom and dad and that is what was hard for From me. From a legal standpoint, when does the law recognize that they're not yours? Are they ever yours or because they're in your body, do you have to give them up after birth? Oh, good question. Um, now, if you are doing the traditional surrogacy and they used my my egg, uh, the mom has to adopt the baby before it is born. Okay. Okay. All of that is done before the baby is born. As And then where I'm concerned, I had to fill out legal paperwork and give up the babies before they were born. Okay. So there, you do all is of that. Is there a cooling off period? I mean, does it have to be done again? Or, I mean, could no. a person, after they've signed that, could they say, you know what, I've changed my mind. I saw this face. It's mine. That has happened. It's very mm. rare. And you've heard about it in the news. But that's what you hear. That's yeah. how rare it is. Yeah. So I've only heard because of it. Generally speaking, both parties are coming in understanding. Yep. This is what the deal is. Yep. Yeah. I have, I, the one thing I did here of one time was a surrogate gave birth and, um, they ended up having to use uh, donor eggs and the dad's sperm. And then the surrogate carried cause mom couldn't mom never was able to accept that baby. Oh yeah. So she like, just was like, bye. Yeah. And mom was like, what? Do, and I don't know if there was a time where then they were, the surrogate had that baby for a little bit because they just didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so th- weird things happen. Yeah. But for the most part, probably 90 at least percent, it's all, everybody agrees and it's all good. And I imagine like, like I hate needles. I don't want to get a shot. <laughs> if I'm sick, I'd rather just die than get a needle. But I give blood every six weeks Mm -hmm. because I know I'm doing something good for someone. So I imagine there's that feeling of like, I am helping a family, Mm -hmm. which I love that idea of creating Mm -hmm. families.com. I I love that idea that I'm able to do this for someone else. That's, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to me better than giving. Um, I hated needles as well. I hated needles. Well, you cannot hate needles and be a surrogate. (laughs) 
And my husband was no help <laughs> during this time. Uh, he went to give me my first shot, which is in your hip. And he poked it and then took it out real quick. Uh-huh. You can't do that. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So I had to... You know, oh, turn gosh. and yeah. give myself shots mm. for three months. Mm. Three months I had to do this every day. And you rotate hips and you get knots in the hips. And, oh, it's just, uh, wow, it's crazy. It's cra- And this, that's what's three months after you become pregnant. You also do shots usually at least two weeks or more before the transfer because you and mom have to get in yeah. sync together. Yeah. So... Interesting. Yeah. So if a person wants to get involved, we already mentioned uh, creatingfamilies.com. They can go to that website mm-hmm. and get information that they yep. need. Uh, do they then hook you up with doctors or do you work with your own doctor or? They, well, they will get, um, they will get you and they will go through, first of all, all that testing. Um, they'll do, a, you'll fill out a application mm-hmm. and if the application is good, then they'll contact you and set you up for an interview. And then if that goes well, they'll set you up for the testing all with their doctors. They got all, they got the psychologists, they got the doctors. They'll let you, like I did a lot of, I mean, I'm, you know, two and a half, three hours from LA, did my blood work here, got it sent there. And, um, that was good. Um, then when all of that comes back and you don't have anything and you're good and, and they also test your spouse uh, or partner, whoever, for stuff as well, mm-hmm. to make sure that you're both good. And, psychologically? Um, uh, no. Nope. He wasn't tested psychologically, but just uh, blood work, any um, diseases, oh, anything okay. like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're okay. tested for all that stuff, both of you. Um, and then they would match you with Does a... Does the spouse have to do... So did, did, did your rich have to do any kind of giving up paperwork as well or is it because you're married does that not matter or I don't remember that okay to tell you the truth I want to think that he had to sign something but I'm not 100% for sure on that um and if if the partner is not um you know had a bisectomy or whatever you during your um transfer time and there's certain you cannot have sex so you have to be aware of that you have to sign that you will not do that and because you can easily become pregnant um so there's that in there but uh i'm lost at where we were nice well no that's fine so (laughs) if if people want to get more information they can go to the website but can they contact you as well absolutely so uh, you can do email is uh, R.K. Marati. That's M-E-R-A-T-I. I always remember it. Rich told me it's me-rat-I. <laughs> um, uh, so it's R.K. Marati at msn.com. Or you can call or text Kat at 760-793-1713 Absolutely. for more information. I and, love. Th- this is just such a passion of mine. And whether you need um, help doing that, I'm out of the baby making business, but <laughs> unfortunately I would have loved to have done it again. But, um, center for surrogate parenting, creating families.com is the best agency out yeah. there. They are thorough. Um, and they were also one of the first, um, they've been here over 40 years. Wow. 
Wow. So, yeah. And, and if you go there, uh, you know, use Catherine. Put uh, she's Cat, but Catherine with a K. Uh, Marathi as your uh, your referral. Referral, yes, um, please, and that will help out as well. So, Kat, thank you for doing this. You bet. Uh, it's been super fun. And uh, if you are a surrogate, or if you are a parent that has uh, uh, that use surrogacy, I want to know. Send us a, uh, an email or a bow uh, or a bow tie or a text or something like that. Uh, send us pictures of your kids. We we would love to see this, and we can put those on the website as well. So, thank you so much for doing this, Kat. Um, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. All right. There you go. There's my interview with Kat. Thank you so much to Kat. I apologize for the noise as I was editing that together before I did this end bit. I saw that there were some spikes in the sound on my microphone, and I apologize for that. Uh, it is a mess that's uh, hopefully a message, so you know how that works. Uh, anyhow, don't forget to uh, text the word MUM to 760-WALLS-CA. If you want to support the show, that's 925-5722-925-5722. And uh, you can help become a supporter of the show. If you want to become involved with surrogacy, don't forget to get a hold of Cat or check out uh, creatingfamilies.com and mention Cat as a referral. And um, we will see you next time we mess it up.